Welcome to Osnap, candid conversations about business and life with your hosts Amy and Rosie, owners of Snap, the community, education and inspiration forum for photographers and creatives. Drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all this talking. Definitely, uh, Definitely thirsty happy. work. Um, episode two. Episode two. This is so exciting. I really enjoyed recording episode <laughs> one. It's like a brain dump that's hopefully useful to people. Yeah. Um, today, um, I wanted us to talk about neurodivergence and mental health. Yeah. Because... I feel like in our industries um, and as creative people, this is such a big thing Massive. and it's not talked about enough. Um, <clears throat> over the last year, um, more and more people that I know have been diagnosed with um, ADHD, dyslexia, autism. Mm. Um, and also, I feel like for a lot of us, the last three years have brought out a lot of mental health stuff. Um, oh, God, yeah. If you didn't have <laughs> mental health problems before the pandemic... You definitely have <laughs> mental health problems now. <laughs> You've definitely um, had your kinks worked out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I, I also feel like there's a lot of shame around it. Yeah, I think as much as kind of... Um, it's a lot of stigma. Yeah, still. Even though it's now more spoken about, which is great, I still feel like people don't want to talk about it, about themselves, Mm. because they don't want people to think less of them. Yeah. Um, When the truth is, um, we all have mental health. Um, Your mental health is something that needs to be looked after just as much as your physical health. health. Um, And in terms of, like, the neurodivergent stuff, um, I mean if people follow me and obviously you know Rosie I was diagnosed as autistic last year and language is really important I keep on going to say with autism um when actually I prefer the language of I am because it's it is a part of me it's a part yeah. of my identity and I don't I don't want it to be something that is seen as a negative thing yeah. um and I actually want to start with a bit of that process. Okay. Um, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, because I get a lot of questions in my inbox, because I've obviously spoken about it quite publicly, um, about how I became diagnosed or how I, I went through the process or mm-hmm. came, or even came to the decision of, of having a diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the assessment. I... Um, have spent my entire life, entire life, um, feeling like I'm missing something, that everyone else has a piece of this puzzle that makes the world function for them, that helps them fit in, and I seem to be missing it. And I've spent my entire life scrambling for that, 
And I think that is my mask. Okay. That's the building. That's been that 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 process for the last, you know, 30, 35 years has 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 been um building that mask so I can function. Pretending that you yeah, that so, you get it the same way that yeah, everyone else does. Like lots of things in my childhood. I mean, I I was I was definitely the weird kid. Um <laughs> kids are weird all kids are fucking weird yeah i think so and i think um as a girl like as a young girl like being eccentric was was just not acceptable um so you do learn to build a mask and it's pretty prolific in your teens as well like i definitely had eating disorders and things like that because of, of of trying this desperation to fit in and not quite getting it mm. um and also how strongly I can react to things so I now know them as autistic meltdowns um Rosie's definitely experienced (laughs) (laughs) also like like I didn't really know how to react to them at first Cause, cause, cause it's quite, it's, it's a different person. It's like a, di- it's like a, it's, it's like, like a switch. someone else for a bit. Yeah. And, and, and it, 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 it's such a strong reaction. Yeah. Um, and it's to certain things. So it's if I become overwhelmed or if I'm fixated on something or suddenly plans change. Um, and it's like a, a switch flips and I have no control over my reaction. And I, I mean, it's, over the last like decade it's I've definitely I I contain them a lot more because I run a business Mm -hmm. and sometimes clients will say things or do things or something will happen on a wedding day where I'm like oh fuck gonna lose my like and and I have to it's I'm not I'm not being funny but like of of all places that you could put yourself as, (laughs) as an autistic person as like Talk about emotionally charged situations. Yes. Like, I find emotions overwhelming. And you've made a living out of putting yourself in, in the me- middle. Irony. I know. But it's also the reason why I'm good at what I, what I do, because I do can... Do that maybe helped you identify it? Um, yeah, it's like, um, one of the areas, one of the examples that I used during my assessment was... Um, <laughs> So I asked my clients to fill out a questionnaire um, and I realised that when they weren't filling out the questionnaire and they were sending me spreadsheets. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> and we all know what I like about a spreadsheet. Oh, do not do spreadsheets. Like, like it, to the eternal bane of my existence, Amy does not do spreadsheets. I can't process information off of spreadsheets i look at a spreadsheet and it's the easiest way of setting it all out is in a spreadsheet (laughs) i look at a spreadsheet and it 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 my brain just starts to melt down um because it's like a foreign language to me so i realized that that was probably something (laughs) but the biggest area that it would so i always ask them for their group shot list Mm-hmm. and um i put this group shot list into a certain order and i i find group photos quite stressful mm. on, on Wednesdays. i think a lot of uh, wedding photographers it's, it's a big it. thing yeah. um the group photos because i think also, it's also the one thing that the couples can point at and go 
you didn't do this. Yeah, and but it's also the, the one part of the day where you have to be really visible and you have to be an authority and yeah. assertive and people don't, like, you're well aware that people don't like doing them, which yeah. means they don't like you. Yeah. So it's... it's people just it's, like, go you, get a drink. You want to do it in a certain order. Yeah. Like, you want to do it your way. And I realised that um, if I was doing the group photos and one person was missing from the next group photo mm. and everyone was like my couple would be like oh we'll just move on to the next one i'll be like no <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna wait for them <laughs> I, I, this I, I can't move on <laughs> to the next photo until this photo is done oh and and i'd be like is it was is that the plan thing like diverting from the plan yeah it's like the sudden change it's like i've made this plan it has to happen this way mm. And now it's changing and I don't have control of it. And like, I'd start to melt down. Mm. And and the containment of that was just exhausting. Because obviously I can't yeah. have an autistic meltdown yeah, in yeah, front yeah, of, of an entire wedding. Um, and um, that was definitely something that I realized within my work. Um, I didn't identify it as autism until kind of probably 2021. Um, yeah, it was really a bit, recently. My views of autism were not my views of autism now. Mm. Um, and even now, like when I tell people that I'm autistic, they are like, no, you're not. <laughs> Which is really frustrating because yeah. then I'm like, but then I, ha- I, I go back to the space of, well, I would also like... I gaslit myself. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. If you didn't think that you were autistic. For exactly. Many, many years. How can you expect some? Exactly. Um, Sticky. And I found basically my sister was diagnosed in 2020, and um, that's when I started to learn a little bit more about autism. Um, and then um, shout out to Laura Babb, uh, previous owner of Snap. Um, she was diagnosed in 2021 with ADHD and autism. And that's when I really started paying attention. Um, and I was like, and I met a few other people who've been diagnosed and I was like, oh shit, I relate to a lot of this stuff. Mm. And of course, like social media as well, it's become a talking point. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. So um, what made you go for, what made you go from, oh, I think this might be me to so diagnosis it's like that you wanted a diagnosis i'm not an expert on this yet like (laughs) (laughs) no you've not got your degree in autism um i think there's like some few base level things Mm. like inability to do small talk if anyone has met me spent time with me um, you will know I, that. I thought you didn't like me for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> because, because you just, like... Because I'm, like, I'm quite good at small talk. Yeah, you are. And, um, and yeah, you're, like, absolute refusal to engage. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, she hates me. Like, Lots of I people think that... I cup of tea at all. <laughs> Lots of people think that I don't like them. When the reality is, is that I'm actually trying to work out how like what I realized I was doing before I was diagnosed was that with every person that I met so I'm really bad in group situations um better now because I've taught myself how to be in them but I have to like work people out on an individual basis Mm. so I can find how I connect with them and and this can go one of two ways it can either go badly (laughs) or it could go really well okay um, because there's a superpower to it. Mm. Because if 
people get onto my level, which is quite intense and quite deep, because that's just, it's just the way I am, um, then, then we get on like a house on fire and I can usually bring out the best in them and that's really good if it's someone who's very neurotypical. <laughs> They're kind of confused. <laughs> Um, and also because I think there's an element of bluntness. Um, I have, um, I don't know if I've told you this, but like I have like when introducing you into like group situations or whatever, I might like pre-warn people and be like, this is Amy. She's amazing. She's so lovely. She's intense and she's blunt. And those things have nothing to do with you. That's just Amy. Like... And I think that kind of... I hope that doesn't offend you. Does that no, it doesn't. It I, doesn't at all. I hope that it makes things easier for you because it means that those people kind of go, oh, cool, this is just... This is just yeah. her doing her I thing. I think, as well, now that I have my diagnosis, mm. I'm, I, I I can tell people. And I, I do tell people that I'm autistic. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, so I think it's... it's, it's uh, before I was aware of being autistic I was kind of always assessing and micromanaging myself mm. so being so it's you might have noticed I, I take everything very literally um yes um and yes. if I don't know someone and they make a joke yeah I will take that literally so I, I it kind of goes yeah. over my head and there's often a bit of a delay because I'll, they'll make the joke and then in my head I have to be like, oh, they said this. Yeah, I'm way less sarcastic around you than I am around other people. Yeah, so sarcasm, even though I'm actually quite dry, but I don't, I'm still working out if that's me or if it's a part of my yeah. mask that I've developed because I've worked out that, oh, if you have a dry sense of humour, people think you're funny. And <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what's going on in my head. <laughs> if you say this, <laughs> they will socially it. accept you. <laughs> be in. <laughs> um so there is like I have yeah I have to I it has to go through a process in my head it's not like something that's natural to me I have to have a processing thing which makes socializing quite exhausting because it means yeah. that I'm having to constantly manage myself and constantly process information that's coming in and how I should react to it. There's no natural reaction. Yeah, it doesn't come naturally. Exactly. Naturally. So it, it takes people a while to get to know me. Um, and also my defensiveness. Because if I feel, especially in group situations, where I'm struggling to process information as, as quickly as I need to in order to keep up, I start to shut down and then I start to become overwhelmed. And I think if people have met me, you know that my face does not lie. <laughs> <laughs> and and that can be quite disconcerting for people. Um, you have a resting angry face. I do have a resting angry face. Um, or like the eye roll. I like, oh shit, what? <laughs> Change your facial expression. <laughs> um, and and yeah, it can. It does. It makes things challenging, but it also makes things great. 
like it's I guess it's strengthened like with the people that really get you yeah exactly but it's caused so much anxiety and depression and you know everything from eating disorders to terrible anxiety being in constant fight or flight mode Mm. um and um like a sense of disconnection and isolating myself um and kind of going back to the previous episode that we talked about like reinforcing those limiting beliefs as well um but once you get past all of that i'm great (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah, I think it's definitely, it's made building a business more challenging. Um, like, especially with the education and public speaking and things like that, because I'm always hyper aware that I can go off onto tangents or I can sometimes, like in conversation, I interrupt a lot. Or if I get super fixated on a topic, it doesn't get dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else has moved on. I'm still ruling off and um you know there's been also the other thing as well that i didn't realize was the stimming um oh when you're overstimulated no no no. so like things that i physically do to um regulate myself so that's what that's what stimming is um i've never heard i don't think i've heard that have you not heard of stimming um so um stimming what does that look like for you have you not noticed how much I play with my hair? Well, yes, but like, so there's okay, okay, so so yeah, my 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 stimming. So I will never forget um, how much I've actually been shamed for playing with my hair. I've always played with my hair, always. Um, I really like the noise that it Ooh. makes in my ear. Okay. So I'll like rub my hair next to my ear, and the okay. noise is really calming. Ooh. So that is my main thing that I do is stimming um and I if I'm anxious or nervous it increases so when I'm on dates I think I'm being flirty (laughs) I'm not I'm just trying to regulate myself (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) but I remember um when I was on the panel for women who face in film with a photography show it was when it was online in 2020 and um we were doing a Zoom call and there was like 500 people and I it was a panel talk and I was sat there and I was, I was playing with my hair and one of the other people on the panel messaged me and was like, stop playing with your hair. And I was just like, oh God, like I didn't. And I was like, and then that really impacted me for quite a long time because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is really bad that I do this. Other ways that I stim is I like pull my fingers or I pinch. Yeah, you, play, you play with your hands quite a lot. Yeah, so I play with my hands and I, I pinch as well. Um, again, it's 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 yeah, I'm regulating myself. That that's 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 what that is. Um, and it varies from situation to situation. So that's 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 what 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 stimming is. So or fidgeting or you know, there's lots of different versions of stimming and it's different for for everyone. It can also manifest as self-harm, um, which, you know, I feel um, none of my versions of stemming is, is self-harm, apart from maybe the pinching. Um, but it is just, you're just regulating because it's, it's I, I'm still learning so much about this. And, and going through the assessment last year was really helpful. So 
to turn this around and make it helpful for other people if they think that they might also be autistic. Um, and I also have been recommended to be assessed for ADHD, but I'm kind of kind of want to get to grips with the autism yeah, yeah, yeah. before I get to before do, I go down do that road. Um, and um, one of the so ba- basically to answer your original question. <laughs> Um, it is it's like it, stay on neurodivergence is, is basically life is lived sorry sorry what did you say <laughs> what was the question <laughs> um, so to answer that I yeah basically started to feel that started to identify with a lot of the elements of autism and then I um, did a cat Q test so you can do a cat Q test online it's free I just love that uh, just cat Oh, cat cue, sorry. Cat cue. You did one. And then we did, yeah. yeah. So what the cat cue test does is it it assesses your level of masking. Right, yeah. So it's really important that you answer the questions based on how you feel, not what you do. Mm. Because a lot of people will think that I'm quite extroverted and I'm social and I'm really good at this, blah, 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 blah. But um, I've taught myself to do that. Mm. That's not how I feel about doing it. Um, so yeah, it, because that's, that, it's a mask. It's, it's what I built. Um, and so I did this CAT-Q test and it came out at like 144, which was really high. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, right. And then um, I did some research into where I could do an assessment. Because obviously, and I'm really fortunate because I was able to pay for my assessment. Not mm. everyone has this luxury. So I really want to be clear as well that um, self-diagnosis is just as valid. Also, is just as valid. Like I spent two years self-diagnosing myself before I went for a formal assessment, mm. um, and I decided to go with the adult autism practice, which is in Ireland. It was like eight hundred euros, which wasn't bad. I had to wait like three months, so even though it's private and it's a lot faster, it's still a wait. There's still a wait. Um, and they basically set you up with a psychologist, and they're neurotypical. Okay. Um, and the assessment is done in three parts. So you kind of have your first call, which is about 90 minutes long. And, um, the, the issue that I had was that I have a lot of trauma in my life, a lot of childhood trauma, a lot of trauma through my teens. And basically we had to sort through what was, what was autism, what was trauma. Um, and also, it it becomes mixed up because the trauma is also yeah linked with yeah. the autism. <laughs> um, and um, so, because it's based on how you were as a child, because you're 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 born autistic or you don't yeah. develop autism. Um, so a lot of that nine to first initial assessment was kind of covering those things. Um, second assessment. Um, they would usually do with another person who's known you your entire life or who knows you very well, so like a partner or a parent. When I decided to, it's optional, mm-hmm. I decided to not have anyone because after talking with my mum, mm. because of a lot of stuff that happened, um, she couldn't, and because of the disabilities and issues that my sister had, mm. Um, she couldn't actually remember a lot mm-hmm. about me, which is understandable, sad, but understandable. So there wasn't really 
she couldn't really contribute um so I basically decided and because I'm single I don't have a partner I just decided that we weren't going to and it was optional so that we then the kind of second assessment was a bit longer again kind of going over those childhood things but also looking at the DSM-5 so the DSM-5 is basically the five pillars of neuro divergence or autism yeah so you're basically you have to fit you basically have to meet these five categories right and it's very like they're she was really good she was like this is all going to sound very negative because it's like it's dysfunctional yeah um and she was like but we don't like this is just purely for assessment there's no judgment like we don't it's because we this is just the how it's categorized now yeah um, and that's kind of like behaviours, how you feel in certain situations, childhood stimming, like lots of different things basically. And and during that second assessment, um, she told me that I was autistic um, in her professional opinion, that I meet all of those, those, those categories. Um, so that was a really validating moment. And then the third one was kind of going over those and what they mean. Um, I still haven't processed all of that stuff. Like, I think for anyone else who's had a recent diagnosis, um, that they will... It's going to be years before I fully understand um, what this actually means. Um, There was also a very strong sense of grief. Yeah because I was like, how much easier would my life have been Mm. if I had known? Like how much nicer to myself would I have been? Because now it's like a relief because- All of that angst over not getting in, like you've suddenly got the answer as to why. Exactly, I I am autistic. So it means I'm gonna struggle with certain things. Um, And yeah, but there is anger. There is that. God, like, if I'd have known that the reason I struggled to make friends in school was because I'm autistic, if, you know, the the reason I struggle with this at weddings is because I'm autistic, it's not because I'm a terrible photographer or a terrible person or a terrible business person. So, yeah, it was... And then also realising that that's why antidepressants don't work. (laughs) Um, And you know, all of that depression and anxiety that I've suffered with. Um, But then it also made me realise my strengths as well, how my attention to detail, how I fixate on things, hyper-focus, which is... Is that when you're, like, in the zone? Yeah, it's it's good and it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's good in the sense that when I really want to do something... I'm all in. Mm. I'm going to go for it. Um, the moment I lose interest, that's it. It's gone. Good. But also, it can mean that I could spend an entire day working and I forget to eat. Mm. Um, so yeah, definitely that has its good and bad points. Um, but yeah, it just means that going forward, I want to make changes to how I run my life and my business. Um, and like down to like this year I'm taking on an assistant for weddings Yay! so I 
like an emotional support person. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it. Just so I don't feel like you, 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 I have just, someone who's got my back. Yeah, and you've described it to me before as like offloading. Yeah. Onto, like some of the emotional responsibility of the day. Or just to feel supported because sometimes, especially because one of the things with autism is that people think that if you're autistic that you don't have emotions. Yeah. Yeah. It's a misconception. That's why Asperger's has been taken out and now Asperger's comes under ASD, which is autism spectrum disorder. Um, Because um, it's it's not that I don't feel things or that I'm not emotional. It's just that people's emotions can be so overwhelming. Mm that I have to shut down. Mm. Like, I have to have a wall because mm. otherwise it will just... I will be so overwhelmed that I won't be able to function. Mm. Same with my own emotions as well. That's why I might not come across as very emotional. Um, it's why sometimes, like, touch can be really, like, too much. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes I yeah. hug, sometimes I don't. Depends yeah. on depends on the day. Um, so, being at a wedding... <laughs> yeah. Um, particularly at the end when everyone's really drunk. Mm. Yeah, I can suddenly start to feel very threatened. Yeah, I bet. Um, and very vulnerable and very anxious because there's so much going on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think just having someone who's with me will just make me feel a bit safer. Yeah. Um, So I'm really excited that I've made that decision mm-hmm, for myself this year. But also not working as much. Yeah. Um, I put my prices up because I was like, weddings take a lot out of me. They they take every like they take everything. <laughs> um, and I love them. I love my job. I love photographing them. But when I do too many of them, I get burnout yeah. really fast and really quickly, which is what I've learned over the last couple of years. So, you know, making those decisions as well, being like, right, okay, I love this job, I love what I do, but I know that when I go to a wedding, it, it it's a lot. Mm. Like, and it damages my sense of self if I do too much. Mm. So, you know, three a month is probably your, my max. Your, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so just making those decisions for my business and being like, my prices need to go up because I need to accommodate that. Um, and yeah, just being kinder to myself, I think, more than anything. Good. Um, and better communication. So I, I am someone who does communicate this to my clients. Mm. Um, some people who are autistic or on spectrum might not want to communicate with their clients. Like whatever your choice is, I think that's yeah, it's fine. Individual, isn't it? Um, it's your choice, but I find that it's easier to communicate to my clients and I do share it on my social media. Um, and actually, most of the time, the people I attract are also neurodivergent mm. in some capacity. And actually, they're the type of people I want to work with. Um, so it all kind of works around. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, it, but it's also what makes me really good at my job. It's the reason that I care so much. It's the reason that I see things that other people don't see. It's like, I'm obsessed with light. Like I've noticed that sometimes I'll be walking around and I'll be like, oh, that's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> like when we did the... The headshot swap. The headshot swap. Yeah. And I was like, look at all those swans. And then <laughs> before I know it, everyone's like stood behind. 
waiting for me to stop fixating on the swans. Um, <laughs> we don't mind waiting for you. It was a great photo. Um, but, you know, so I think that there's loads of powers to it as well. Join us this April for Snap 23, the photography festival you've been looking for to help you learn, grow and develop your business in a setting that is strictly informal. Nestled in the Peak District over four days, you'll be learning from amazing speakers and join your fellow photographers in taking part in workshops, styled shoots and photo walks before settling in for campfire chats and board games in the evening. Want to find out more? Visit snapphotofestival.com. I think like this, in terms of mental health, whether you're neurodivergent or not, understanding yourself mm. is really important when it comes to how you operate a business. Mm. And I think a lot of us are stuck in that mindset of like what we were told or how we were told we should work. Mm. Like you should work 40 hours a week, yeah. you're paid for your time. You should stay in the same job like until, I got told that a lot, like find a career, stay in that career, get mm-hmm. a good pension. Um sorry dad like totally didn't do any of those things when, when it doesn't work no it doesn't work it doesn't for work a lot for of people no exactly and you're not you're not neurodivergent so like but you do have your own issues <laughs> battles challenges challenges we'll say, we'll, challenges. say challenges um so like i know that you've had your your challenges um with your mental health mm-hmm. like what are you comfortable to share and talk about okay so i had i was diagnosed as um having um borderline personality disorder back in 2016 um but i've always had always had depression um i I mean like i think i think i've just always had it like i can remember sort of going through like melancholy periods as, yeah, a, yeah. as a child and um and not really sort of understanding why um I mean there's a few kind of like typical things uh, like how that affects me um so one is that similarly enough uh to autism like the uh the emotion so the emotions mm-hmm. become very intense and overwhelming and I too I I sort of um I've tried to explain it before as as like I, I feel but I feel like a lot <laughs> <laughs> so um and also uh the, the if I'm if I'm definitely having like a a day um or a, like a period of time it, they tend to be quite snappy so I can like the moods fluctuate quite quickly yeah um which can be confusing both for me and for everyone around me. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, one of the big things with our relationship is that, like, sometimes you don't respond. Like, Yeah, I do check like, out. Yeah, you, you, you kind of do the opposite to me in terms of, like, you completely check out and I might message you, but I might not hear from you for, like, a week. Yeah. And, like... Now that I know you, and I know that that's, like, a part of you and, you know, the things that you struggle with, 
initially I was like, oh, she hates me. Interesting. <laughs> I've done something. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've done something to upset Rosie. Um, and now I know that that's like a part just, of yeah, how you how deal, deal with, with, with your, but that must be really hard with things. Like, you know that you can do that with me. You know that you can. I think I, I kind of went through like a, um, a brutality. It, it kind of came, came from a place of necessity. So, 2016, the reason I got diagnosed was because um, I essentially had a breakdown. Um, and I had a complicated relationship with self-harm. And uh, one kind of episode of it went too far. And the people around me were like, we can't cope with this anymore. We need external help. Um, and I was sectioned. And... Um, I, again, would not recommend. <laughs> Zero out of five stars. Would not recommend. The food was terrible. Um, but, like, I mean, it, it was hellish. It was it was hellish. Um, and um, coming out of that, I sort of made the decision. I mean, while I was in there, um, everyone around me had been there before. Like, this was not there their like first rodeo in oh, the, in the and, and I was like whatever happens I, I cannot come back here yeah because this is this environment is not uh this is not a healing healthy environment no this, this is a containment this is a prison oh. for people who um who cannot be contained elsewhere I mean not nothing of I mean get into a few drinks later and I can go into more detail, but like no, nothing about it felt particularly calming or healing to me. Um, and I suppose it's a tick box situation. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, so you've been sectioned. Here's your plan for your recovery. You just need yeah. to meet all of these things. The same with the autism assessment. Mm. Like, you know, I was lucky I had a psychologist who said, this is just how we determine it's not identifying. I had kind of the. I'm really glad that you had that positive experience because I can imagine my you experience didn't. was not was not positive, um, and I I kind of came out and um, kind of going back to our previous thing about not being enough. Our previous episode about not being enough. Um, and my my impression the whole way through the mental health assessment period was that like, um, what the trauma that had kind of impacted me in various different ways um it wasn't significant enough to have warranted this much oh my god yeah so like i there was a few different like trauma points um and they they did kind of like a secondary assessment at one point and the um i i don't know what what to call her apart from a, a mental health professional I don't know if she's a nurse doctor I don't I don't know she was just conducting this assessment yeah. um and she literally went through the trauma points and and was like well this is how you can solve that this is how you can solve that um so like you you putting people in boxes uh, yeah it was ridiculous I mean like what so one of the points was um I can't have kids like medically through various different operations and stuff and all of that rubbish um I cannot have children and then it really messed with my um 
how I saw myself as a woman and like um because I I really wanted to be a mum and and it, it all just kind of you know it was it got very tangled and I think that's a complicated thing for any person to go mm. to like the the decision about whether you want children or not and to have it taken away at such a young age I was 14 um and the, the woman just turned around and was like well you can you can adopt and literally ticked <laughs> she was like and they just ticked this thing in the, on the, her like assessment form and and I was like I I, I I can just remember kind of my mouth dropping open and being like what the and, and kind of later, I joked about it and was like, oh, she could have saved me, like, years of anguish if I'd only known that I could have adopted her. <laughs> like, it just, like, uh, who Jesus does that? Jesus Christ. Really crazy. Um, so it, 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 like, my my experience in, in terms of um, medical <laughs> professionals, it's not good. I have severe trust issues when it comes to, uh, yeah. Yeah, which is completely understandable. Um, I I would I you know, God bless the NHS. They're completely inundated, and I, I think that plays a part in it. But like, if you're harming yourself, if you are in desperate need of help, and you're just turned into like a tick box, mm. and you're not validated, I think the validations. Really just, important. It just like also because I, I, my, um, my family has a difficult relationship, difficult, has, yeah, has a difficult relationship with mental health. Like my, um, one of my siblings has um depression. My mum, um, so I grew up in a household where my mum same severe depression. Um, and it. it I think that kind of influences different coping mechanisms and stuff that you has have as a child. Your needs aren't met. But um, also my dad comes from like a, a place where, I mean, he's literally, <laughs> um, he's literally told me that uh, he doesn't have mental health problems because he um, is too strong-willed. <laughs> and he said this to me like, I think like two days after I came out of, so basically he's saying to you you're not strong willed yeah, enough strong-willed. that's why you're too weak, <laughs> you're too you weak. are weak willed you are mentally weak and that's why you have these problems I mean like he's he's done a lot more he's educated himself a bit more yeah he's like um, but I think it's because they want to fix it yeah I think so it's because it's, comes from, like, it's, it's, it's hard I think because these things make it worse um, but they are coming from a place of love, yeah. like. But coming, coming back to your original question <laughs> um, about like uh, the the kind of shutting shutting down and shutting off and stuff and and withdrawing from people for a yeah. while. I kind of I have to do that. If I don't do that, then um, I I just go into a spiral of of destructive behaviour. That's and destructive really coping mechanisms. Good awareness, though. It took, but it took being in a place of crisis. Yeah. To kind of work that out, and um, realizing that I was trying to be too much to too many people, mm. and kind of going, oh, actually, if I don't respond to messages, if I don't, like, 
make myself available if I only make myself available when I am comfortable being available yeah it's just one of the ways that I've but that's a really good boundary because you know that you need you know that say like if you're going through a period where your mental health is at its most challenging instead of like trying to gloss over it yeah you're going okay I need to take a step back and I need to allow myself to process and I need to allow myself to rest and I need to disengage and 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 that's just a really I think that's really good awareness I think having that awareness and setting that boundary as long as it as long as it can come with some communication. And I'd, I try, like, we, we've talked we about talk, this, Yeah, exactly. But also, I do try and kind of... Um, generally, the first time it happens to someone, there's no communication. Um, because I, I'm fully in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm out of it, the first thing I will do is be like, sorry for radio silence, this is why. This will happen occasionally. Um, it's got very little to do with you. It's all about, <laughs> it's all about me. Um, but uh, yeah, and and I'm really happy to say that most people. Have, I don't, I don't think I've had any strong event. Mm. Maybe had a few stumbling blocks where I've kind of had to maybe explain just how vital a coping mechanism that is for me. Yeah. Um, and kind of having having space and boundaries bet- between people. Yeah, um, I think inaction yeah. is really important. Like, this is probably something that I've learned the most over the last couple of years. Um, because my my reaction to my anxiety mm. can be to act, even though I'm yes. not mentally in the right place to make a decision. But because I think, because my anxiety is telling me that. Action is better action. than no action. Yeah, you, you can take back control if you do this. Mm. Um, and over the last couple of years, I've learned to step back mm. and, like, be like, tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> tomorrow? Also, also going, going to, like, like, giving yourself, like, time is such a gift. Time, time, mm. time and space to yourself really, like... Is, is such a gift, but also kind of um, leaning into um, not being perfect all the time. Like, I had this, uh, yeah. I had, had this big Perfection thing. Perfection is such bullshit. I had this big thing about if I, if I wasn't, like, um, you can't see, but I'm doing inverted commas, like, the real me, if I wasn't, like, the happy me, then the people around me shouldn't see me. That's similar to masking. Yeah. So I would, and I would, if I kind of pushed through um, and put myself in a maybe, usually like a social situation or a family situation or whatever, where I would, didn't feel 100%, um, I would I would try and push through and, and like replicate what I would be like on a good day and it just invariably would go wrong. Um, yeah, because and I ended up having rows with people, or I'd be like, like it just wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't be good because I wasn't in a good place. Whereas if I just kind of, I've learnt now that actually people don't really care kind of whether I'm up or down. Just, just to kind of be honest and be like who I am in that moment. 
Yeah, and I also feel like the world is more accommodating to that definitely, now. Definitely. Like, I feel like I can say more. Like, even to clients, you know, today isn't Ooh, a I good got, day. I haven't got there You yet. haven't got that right yet. I haven't got there yet. Um, I find that honesty with my clients is, is so much better. Um, I really feel like but, I'm letting people down if... I think also, like, the biggest thing that I've learned, like, I used to be like, if I get an email from a client, I have to respond straight away. Oh, God, no. And <laughs> now I'm very... Um, I have quite clear boundaries yeah. over my client communication. So I tend to only do my emails in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't touch them for the rest of the day. So I kind of do my emails on a 24-hour basis. And I find that if I get an email that's maybe emotionally triggering, for whatever reason, um, you know, everyone's doing their thing. Everyone's got their their ways of communicating sometimes they're not great (laughs) um but I find that I because my my initial reaction to some things cannot be the right reaction so I don't want to act from that space so I might leave it a day Mm. and then or talk about it with someone who's got an external perspective and basically I just want to get myself into a space where I can see from their point of view so I can respond in an actual constructive way um because i'm 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 so used to being reactive and it's my way of controlling um because of the anxiety when i know now that if i can like do more of you and go (laughs) i'm really anxious today um a bit tired haven't really looked after myself this week um done a bit too much so today I'm not going to respond or I'm not going to act. I'm not going to respond to how I'm feeling. I'm going to look at it, be curious about it, see why that's happening. And, and I usually find then like a day later or one or two days later that I'm in a far better place. And I'm like, cause we've all done it where we respond. And then like a day later, we're like, Oh God, what was that? <laughs> um, why? Why didn't you just wait? Like, uh, simple, like um, simple, simple things that I've found that um, help me. So, I, uh, like relying on systems rather than mm. um, and processes rather than kind of everyone getting an individual response. So, like having an email that I use as a template to respond to inquiries. Yeah. Having. Um, a decent questionnaire uh, thing on my uh, contact page so I, I can like filter out quite a bit before yeah. we've even gotten to the inquiry bit um, and having that kind of uh, like your customer onboarding system having having that kind of process yeah, is like something to filter. fall back on um, and means that if I am kind of maybe going awry <laughs> or, or like <laughs> feeling overwhelmed you fall back on the system and the 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 system will take care of you it can then be on autopilot instead of yeah i think systems are really important if um you know you're neurodivergent or you have you have you have you know because because your business is i mean it's how you pay yourself like it it's a big thing i think personally to choose to become self-employed to start a business and I think it's 
also a really big thing if you're choosing to go into that space as someone who has um depression anxiety neurodivergence any of those things which i think is prolific in creative people Mm. um because i think that's part of why we we are creative because it's an expression (laughs) um you need to get the emotion out yeah exactly it's like how you express yourself um and i think it's also why a lot of creative people aren't good at business so i think yeah for having systems in place and building systems um, systems i don't mean like computer systems I, I just mean like a process like a literal kind of flow chart of yeah how of like what the next thing on the list is for that client like and automate yeah or automation in yeah. in places as well i think and, and outsourcing like i outsource my yeah. edit because yeah. i i learned that it was really detrimental for me to be sat at a computer all day every day mm. and also because I'm in the space of my business now where 12, 12 years in, how, like, there's a formula to how I shoot weddings. Mm. Um, and yes, I'm looking for those creative moments that make it unique, but ultimately weddings are very repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, there is a system to shooting them and I kind of determine the creative stuff and then the coverage. Mm. So there's like the stuff you get for clients that is a must. Um, and then there's the creative stuff that you added on top. And obviously I'm the creative stuff is where I, I get excited. Yeah. Um, but then there's the coverage, which is also for the client. I don't need to spend time with the coverage after I've taken it. Yeah. So it's like outsourcing that has just been an absolute game changer. Yeah. Um, and has made my life so much easier. And then I went the other way a little bit over the last couple of years and was like, I have more time. I can do more work. <laughs> Um, when it is sort of like freeing up time because I think like the the crucial thing is looking after yourself mm. and not feeling ashamed um which is really hard it's hard it's so hard to not feel ashamed especially when the world is set up for people who don't like who don't have mental health issues or neurodivergence like I know that I couldn't work in a normal working environment. Honestly, like, okay. like um, I've got a friend who works in an office, and and like they go in at the same time, they leave at the same time, they have their lunch at the same time every day, and I'm like, I, I like that, it I makes couldn't me do feel that. Sick. I couldn't do that. Like, <laughs> I need routine, but it's like routine in my version yeah. of routine. It's not necessarily <laughs> the same thing every day. It's just that it's the things that I I I like, and it's really important for me mm. that I I'm not in a nine to, I think I would be very mentally unwell if if I was in a normal kind of corporate job or mm. anything like that so it's really that's my business my business is um how I can live my life in a way that makes me happy mm. and the problem is is this the the systemic view of what work is of like you need to work really hard if you work really hard and you're really busy then you're successful and play it it still chases you out of normal work into self-employment and I think that's been the biggest turning point in my head is that 
actually that makes me really poorly mm. um so how can i make my business work for me mm. like this is this is permission for people <laughs> to say i don't need to work that way that's not how i need to work if i want to work three days a week i can work three days a week yeah um i just need to make sure that i price myself to work three, three days, days a week, week. Yeah, yeah exactly and it's like if you spent years building up a skill, you have every right to do that. Yeah. Like, and people will pay it. <laughs> like, I'm, you know, people do pay it. Um, but that's the, like, the reason why I have a business is because I don't fit in to normal, like, normal ways of working. And I know that that would make me poorly. So, but then why have I allowed my business to become that? I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, but it's... It's... it's like, we're all still learning, right? It's all... Yeah. But I think definitely this year, I'm, like... The, my so autism it's... diagnosis has given me permission mm. to be like, okay, this is this is what I want my life to look like. This is what keeps me happy. This is what keeps me healthy. Mm. Um, I need this much money. And then, you know, I the, the rest I can say no to. Mm. Um... And again, just building systems and outsourcing. And like that's the beauty of it. I think lots of people who suffer with depression and anxiety and, you know, challenges of neurodivergence, they really beat themselves up because, you know, you you might start the week and be like, right, this week I'm gonna do like five Instagram posts, I'm gonna do a blog post, I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna, gonna make a reel and 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 then all of a sudden you come crashing down for whatever reason like maybe it's because you haven't been looking after yourself properly or um something happens yeah um that triggers something and sometimes for me it's um as stupid as like i had a bad dream and it just like knocks me off (laughs) for the rest of the day Um, and it doesn't matter kind of like you know you try and censor yourself it was like yesterday so i don't i take every january off shooting so that's important for me and most of december so it's usually about a six week period where Mm -hmm. i don't shoot um and i want to try and implement more bigger blocks of time off as well throughout the year um but one of the um things i i'm still working like snap needs my attention I would do marketing and I really enjoy marketing as well when I'm not burnt out I really love marketing because I find it really creative I hate marketing um, I see it as like a game oh, that I become really hyper focused like I'm hyper focused yeah, on it um, and I just I just enjoy it um, but there can be things that like throw me off like yesterday I woke up because um, at the moment I'm still I'm still recovering from burnout, so I'm not setting alarms. I'm waking up when I need to wake up. I'm allowing myself to sleep as much as I need to. And I wake up, and I kind of have this morning routine where I wake up, I journal, I go for a walk, I do a workout, or I might go for a sea swim. Um, and I don't. I only spend like two to three hours doing work a day during this period. I woke up to an email from my accountant, and my accountant's great. But I, there's there's friction sometimes (laughs) because I don't understand the language and I find it really hard. Like numbers are really, really hard for me. Um, And it's because of 
being autistic. So now my accountant knows that I'm autistic. Um, so we kind of have these like back and forths where I'm like, I don't understand this. And he was basically saying that I'd earned this much. And I was like, no, I haven't earned this much. And it was, it was, it was fine, but it really stressed me out. Hmm. And by the time it was all dealt with, because then I'm like, right, this needs to be sorted until it's fine. So again, it's, I'm in that reaction. Hmm. I was like, no. <laughs> I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to go for a walk. It's pissing it down with rain. <laughs> I'm going to go for a walk because I know that that will help me to come out of that fight and flight mode mm. that I've now gone into. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to juice and I'm going to journal. And then it's niggling in my head of, you needed to do this. You needed to do that. You needed to do this. And it's like, it's that, it's, it's that pushback against, I need to push back against that and be like, no, I'm not going to be any good for that if I don't do this yeah, first. Yeah, I've definitely learned that as well. Um, it's so crucial. I can't emphasise how important that is. I know that I am so much more productive in short bursts. Um, and Me I, too. I know now that I make use of those short bursts and that does not mean that I have to berate myself the rest of the time for not working. <laughs> we need to end this. <laughs> We've been talking for such a long time <laughs> it's quarter five. Oh, <laughs> time to go um this is what happens when you put an autistic person and a borderline personality person together and ask them to talk about themselves <laughs> they go on so yeah we're gonna end it there <laughs> because we are actually crossing over into a lot of stuff that we want to talk about later yeah. as well um but i hope that in the ramble <laughs> and the therapy session that there was some useful bits in there um bye, bye. thanks for listening to oh snap like follow and subscribe to keep yourself up to date with the episodes And if you're feeling extra, share this episode with someone who might find it useful.